My family was a family of tall tales, big stories that couldn't possibly be true. I think of one particular story about a man named Arthur. Arthur was someone to be reckoned with. He was the child of Irish immigrants that found their way in Chicago and fought hardship. They all made something of themselves. They survived their circumstances. But this is where the facts of the story end, the facts about Arthur's life. I also learned as a child that Arthur served in World War II. And if you believe the stories about him, he won it for us single-handedly as an engineer in the Pacific. His life got a little more colorful after, after that. He could always hold his liquor no matter how much he drank. He successfully predicted the World Series winner every year. He was an insightful father, a devoted husband, and he even invented pop-up headlights for your car. Never mind that they were indeed invented in the 1930s, he invented them in the 1950s. All these things and more were simple facts of an extraordinary man. Barely anyone in the family ever questioned them. He was a giant. He was a patriarch, and he carried us all with him. He was my grandfather, and I never even met him. The truth about my grandfather was much simpler. I learned it as I grew older. Some of the things I would rather not have learned. I would rather believe he could indeed hold his liquor. Instead, he struggled with alcoholism. I would rather believe that he was a kindly father and faithful husband. He wasn't. I would rather believe he single-handedly won World War II, and really, all those that served did in some way. But those stories about him were things believed in order to make his memory palatable. And sure enough, many of his shortcomings only lived on in the memory of a few family members. He had become a saint he had become a giant on whose shoulders we rested. We all live with stories of people and ideas, grand and unbelievable, giants in their own right, that carry us from year to year, moment to moment. We've often never asked to be carried along. We've simply inherited or absorbed legacies for better or for worse. Oftentimes, they can be enriching and magical legacies, like the 2,000-year-old story we tell every year at Christmas. Other times, they are an albatross, like a patriarch or matriarch we've never met, but whose shadow still remains. There's something to be said about people, those people and ideas, whose lasting impressions on our world have inspired us, guided us, and led us to discover our own power within. These are noble and worthy starting points for all that we endeavor. But when we betray the voice of our own reason, that is when we need to think twice about these legacies. That is when we need to think twice about these giants. I think about all the times I have set out chasing after someone else's vision for my own life, how it should be, how it should look or the times I found myself being carried along toward uncertain goals by the giants I revere. And I think about how the universe always responds. I won't call the universe intelligent, but sometimes it certainly feels that way. It has a dark sense of humor, a way of slapping you in the face 
and an unmistakable biting edge to all of its lessons. Sometimes, whether we are good or bad, deserving or undeserving, we find ourselves facing an undeniable wake-up call. We find it on the brightest of days, the happiest of moments, the sweetest snapshots of life. We might think that once, for once, we finally seem to have everything coming together. And there it is, a good old slap in the face. It happens. It happens to everyone. To some more than others, we find ourselves faced with a world where people are still oppressed, downtrodden, slavery is still a reality, endless cruelty is exacted upon some communities over others, over and over, and the list goes on and on. I have to wonder, where is the hope for redemption in these year-end celebrations when faced with such tragedy? Where are we supposed to go from here? And it is not just the great challenges of the world that we are greeted with. There are things we can all relate to, joblessness, illness, despair, trying to find our way, pressing on in the wilderness, simply waiting for a simple spark of light. These are journeys we all know, either through ourselves or others. These are things that swoop down and grab us by the legs. We are then carried along by them on the shoulders of these giants unwillingly, and not always toward happiness and contentment. The holiday season is passing from our grasp, and a new year is beckoning us forward. Some of us have had a splendid year. For others, it is still bittersweet. And for others still, we find unwanted moments creeping into our sight time and time again, even on this very morning. But what do we do about all of that? How do we meet the good and the bad with hope? How do we meet each other, friend and enemy, kindred and stranger, with hope? We can ask ourselves this question and try to answer it. And for some of us, we've been asking it our entire lives. The answer might come to you, but really, how often does it stick around? One thing is for certain, though. This season will pass and the new year will happen and many seasons and many new years will pass from our sight. And we will still be asking ourselves that question. How do we live with a hope that is entirely ours? I'm beginning to think that an answer to that question is impossible. Questions like that often do not have easily easy outcomes It rests instead in how we wake up in the morning and greet the good and the bad. How do we greet the news that a family member is dying or ill? How do we greet the news that people are still losing their lives because of prejudice and hatred? How do we greet the truth about those we look up to, whether painful or affirming? How do we greet a promotion, a graduation, a new birth, any passing moment? How do we begin the journey? Are we carried along, or do we set out confident in our own strength, but also in our own shortcomings? That is where the real work begins, the work of this season and of every day. One of the challenges we often hear from pulpits every holiday season is the idea that we need to shun our culture and its constant grasping for things 
on the idea that there is no such thing as enough. And this is a truth. But demanding it does no good if we do not live it. Greeting all that life throws to you rests knowing, first, what is enough, and second, that you are enough. It rests in being vulnerable, and that's the reality behind it. This vulnerability, this willingness to find new hope for our lives, time and time again, requires us to step down from those shoulders of the giants we have been riding for so long and to follow a new light that we can call our own. It requires us to step away from the ideas that are doing us no favors, to step away from the goal to succeed no matter the cost, to step away from the urge to not be open with ourselves and others no matter how much it hurts, to step away from the idea that we are never truly enough in our lives, that there is always something to fix. And so, too, we must step down from those great lives of ages past. Prophets, poets, parents, or any other person whose shoulders we stood on. It is time to step down. In our reading today, Frederick May Eliot spoke of the greatness of such giants, such great souls and ideas of our past. And while I see him as one of those giants, he is a hero of mine. I've learned that as time passes, such giants can grow larger and larger. They can be overwhelming by their very height, and we suddenly see our own greatness, our own divinity, forever overshadowed by them. Jesus, Buddha, Emerson, Thoreau, Eliot, Alcott, grandfathers, mothers, and so many more. There is an ever-widening company of great souls and great ideas of which we are a part But if we hope to ever contribute to make our own mark, we must remind ourselves that each new idea, each new step on the journey that pushes our world forward began with people as ordinary as myself, as ordinary as all of you. Ralph Waldo Emerson, another such giant, in his book Nature, opens by asking the question, why shouldn't we also enjoy an original relation to the universe? Why shouldn't we find our own light, our own truth? Why shouldn't we greet each day with courage and hope? I can only imagine Emerson's mortification if he knew how he was a saint to Unitarians and to so many others today. I imagine also how he would look at the bookmarks, sculptures, figurines, and other knickknacks, tourist sites, and everything else with his face adorning them. I admit I own many bookmarks and pictures of him as well. (laughs) I admit it. (laughs) And he has become a giant which conquered often rests upon. I cannot imagine for a moment if honor and glory was even one of his goals in life, or rather, in his afterlife. I cannot imagine that was the goal for any saint we revere today. But Emerson's question still begs some reflection. Why shouldn't we find our own light, our own truth? Our original relation to the universe begins as it began for those wise men that are celebrated this time of year. 
It begins with a journey to find where the light is leading us. It begins again upon reaching a one destination and knowing deep down that the journey is not complete and never will be complete. It begins with showing up and saying that you are there, you are present, you are on the journey as well with every single human being that has ever lived. And that takes great courage. It takes a courage that leads to a renewed hope and indeed a courage that leads to compassion. The two are so closely linked, courage and compassion. Being compassionate with yourselves, courage. Being compassionate with others, courage. And most importantly, being in the presence of compassion, such as in this community, courage. This is the pathway to a new hope. This is how we reconcile ourselves to the ideas and people that have guided us. This is how we say, thank you, but my path follows another star. It always sounds so easy when it is said aloud. But it will still be bittersweet. That is the truth. It will still cause wounds that take time to heal. We may feel small and hopeless, and there may be no light. We may find ourselves confronting a world that is damaged and broken and wonder how will we greet it? How will we make things right? But reminding ourselves of where we are in this faith and in this community helps us on that ongoing journey through courage and hope. And it requires us to visit things that are indeed painful, things that we don't want to listen to or remember, but holding on to them and not acknowledging them will only do us irreparable harm. We can pray, we can hope, but ultimately that moment of change, that moment where courage comes quietly with each and every single person begins right now. It began yesterday too, and it will begin again tomorrow as well. Redemption and healing for ourselves and others does not run out of possibilities. And so we find that the holidays are coming to a close. The new year is not far from us, and life will continue to cycle. There will be moments of joy and moments of deep, deep sorrow. But in those moments, it is an empowering and humbling thing to remember that we are not in the universe. We are the universe. We are the stars that guide the way in the night. We are our own original relation to the universe. We bring hope. We bring love. We bring courage. We bring our shortcomings. We bring so much to an otherwise silent and dark expanse surrounding us. And it can be overwhelming. So as this year comes to a close, take a moment to find the guiding star in your own heart. There is a purpose within, I can assure you of that, down to your very bones, born of the same fire and chaos that put those points of pale light in the sky. Sometimes we wait until others come upon us and show us our divinity. Sometimes we need only stop for one moment and take a long, hard look at ourselves. Know that you are in a place where we will show up for you and with you and walk that path with courage, compassion, and great hope. Be compassionate with yourself. Be compassionate with others, whether they are here today or they are great souls of the past. Be in the company of compassion because we have a great deal of work to do. Be a guiding star for yourself and for those around you. Happy New Year. 
Blessed be and amen.